welcome to 646. My name is Dallas McManus, and I'm very excited because I have a very special guest all the way from British Columbia, Mike Gauthier. Hello. How you doing, buddy? I'm pretty good. Excellent. Yeah. We, we have not seen one another in quite a while. It's been, I think, over a year, mm -hmm. right? Um, Mike is a well multifaceted artist. He's a musician. He is funny as fuck, and he's a brilliant <laughs> visual artist, um, mostly... Uh, well, actually, what is your what's your, what are you mostly working on now? Because for a while it was a lot of just pencil and paper, and then you were painting a shitload. What's like, what's what's the most recent, recent medium? I guess. Yeah, recent. The most recent medium would be uh, I've been using a lot of uh, technical pens on marker paper, um, so just like uh, really fine line, highly detailed ink. Oh, cool work. So what what constitutes a technical pen? It's basically uh, it's like almost like a, a felt tip, um, but it's uh, there's there's a lot of varying degrees of really like almost like really micro, um, really small sized tips. Right. Um, just super super fine. Um, so like a ridiculously really fine small. sharpie almost. Basically, okay. um, the ink the ink uh, is a little bit different. Sure, um, it's not alcohol based. It's more of like an acrylic, oh, um, cool. acrylic based ink. Doesn't have any alcohol in it. Right. So that changes the texture then. Um, or... it just it just changes uh, how it um, adheres to the surface. This from my, my understanding is I'm still learning quite a bit about it myself. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, basically acrylic ink in a pen form, uh, and then like you, you can still get your really like um, thicker, almost like the size of like a sharpie or something. Um, but but a lot of them are smaller. Right on. So you can cool. get really really fine. Very detailed. Detail. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's wicked. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that has listened to the show before, you've probably heard a couple of us talk about Mike, uh, specifically um, uh, Joey Charlebois or Christy Reed. We all grew up together, and um, I've known Mike. We've known each other since I was 13. Yeah. So you would have been um, how old? I mean, I think I, I met one <laughs> in grade four, so that would have been like. Right, so you would have been like 10. Yeah, and then I started Ish. coming to your house not long after I met Glenn. So, so yeah, we'll say I was ten. Um, so yeah, what? Almost twenty years. Almost. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty close to <laughs> pretty twenty close. years. That's so great. In the high teens. Yeah, high teens. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is really sweet because um, I got to see all of you guys that we, when we were all in that collective <laughs> mm -hmm. we got to really see each other like gravitate toward what would end up being our specialties which mm -hmm. i think is very very cool yeah. um and man the stuff you're doing is so good oh, it's thanks. really wicked uh we'll, we'll plug it again at the end of the show but right off the hop you have an instagram page where people can check out your artwork which is what yeah it's uh it's uh, at mike g dot art um yeah, uh, I've been posting. I've actually been. I've been using trying to use Instagram more. I, mm -hmm. I have been only posting like once every two weeks for the last little while. It's just um, I because I keep changing up my my uh, medium. Yeah. Um, 
so I kind of have to relearn it until I get confident with something that I want to post. Sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I am using it a lot. And like I said, like I, we, I've been doing a lot of the ink work lately. Um, a lot of characters. I've always liked doing um, characters, creatures. Um, I, I, I still I still struggle with kind of putting myself into like a... Um, a, a real like having finding the right word to define a lot of what i do because i really like doing different things yeah often. your style changes from one picture to the next like pretty quickly which yeah. is awesome because there's always something new to look at mm-hmm. um pardon me i remember when we were when we were younger you used to draw some really scary shit for a little while mm-hmm. which i love like i mean i like everything you do but when you do the really dark stuff i love that shit I actually, um, I was, I work, I, I I currently work at a uh, art supply store called Opus in BC, uh, Kelowna. And, um, it was funny. I was, I, every now and then I'm up on, uh, cash and probably, hopefully my boss doesn't listen to this, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, no, it's fine. But every now and then we, we do little sketches, you know, when we're bored or something. Mm. Uh, and one of the days I, I was just doing these really quick, simple lines um, and I just didn't really think much of it. You know, there would be like a little face or something that would pop up every, every now and then. And then my, um, I guess, uh, she's got kind of the, the assistant manager kind of, sure. she walks by and kind of looks down. She's like, she says, uh, how can you make so little amount of lines look so terrifying? And I was just like, well, I don't know. And I was like, I was like, I didn't think this was that creepy. And I started showing all the rest of my coworkers and they're like, yeah, that's, that's quite scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So man. I do have like an in, um, like kind of an embedded like darkness, darkness, yeah. horror, and like growing up with like all you know like Alex Gray and Alex yeah. Gray's kind of in a weird zone where he's he's very cerebral. Yeah, uh, like and it is a little off putting sometimes. Sure. I think. Same um, with. Do you remember when we used to look up all kinds of Chet Zar? Oh yeah, Chet Zar we is just like. And then fucking. When we were in our teens, like salad fingers. Oh, salad fingers is highly disturbing. Yeah, I actually, I feel like that imprinted <laughs> deeply on all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I went back and watched Salad Fingers a while ago, and I was just like, "Holy, yeah. holy!" Can Hubert. I swear on here? Can yes, I can swear. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sweet. Hubert Cumberdale, holy, you taste like soot and poo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really weird grossly almost sexual stuff going on in some of those cartoons it's yeah disturbing very to disturbing say the least but yeah. an influence yeah nonetheless yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for better or worse yeah well just about everything you would well i think whether you're um consciously doing it or not anything and everything that we ingest or or experience is an influence mm-hmm. whether you you know are realizing it at the time or until someone goes hey you know that kind of reminds me of you go, oh shit yeah yeah i could see that yeah um yeah we were actually talking about influences last time uh and uh, i just thought of this that book um it's a book called taming fire and I'm, I'm actually having a really interesting kind of uh what do you call it like when a lot of things are lining up almost Almost having a lot of parallels to it parallels are just kind of like 
uh you know it's kind of hoo-hoo or whatever but like uh the like um oh god destiny or something sure. along those lines of Kismet. like yeah i get you you know it's like kind of magical or yeah. like weirdly um everything's connected and I, I just sort of found my way back to this book that i found when i was a kid oh wow um and it, it just happens to be because i've been having this reoccurring theme a lot of fire in my sketchbooks for the past i don't know how long Oh, cool. Um, when I started cooking a lot, I started thinking a lot about elements and fire, and I thought I would space things out by um, with elements, and I'd change it up whenever I started like a new practice. Um, and I wanted to get out of this fire phase sure. for the longest time, but I'm finding that I'm still there. Right. Uh, but I think I'm starting to come to the end of this kind of like giant uh, sort of narrative uh, concept thing. Sure. Um, by finding this book again. Say um, the title one more time. It's, it's called Taming Fire. Taming Fire. That's it's right. it's Who's like. It well, I. <laughs> it's it's actually like it's like a kids book actually. Oh really? Uh, it's like a kids science book. <laughs> oh. Cool. Um, that my mom used to read to me, and it's just got it's cool. It's really it's got a really cool layout. It's like um, uh, it's got all these like pop up foldy pages and stuff. Talks about how, um, humans like discovered the use of fire and what they can do with it and oh that's really interesting yeah it's just like a, a kind of like a younger kid's historical scientific uh thing that's based around fire huh and at the end of it um at the very end of the book there's a picture of the hell portion of uh hieronymus bosch um the garden of earthly right, delights right um we were talking about that on uh well it was last friday mm -hmm. when i said that i would probably ask you the question of what was the first like creative anything that really made you take notice and and spark some serious interest and i it blew me away that that was your that the garden of earthly delight was your answer yeah that is fucking heavy duty which also i feel explains where that kind of horror uh riverbed <laughs> kind of comes from yeah marianas trench if you will <laughs> even darkness yeah even before salad fingers and all that you know it was like this was when i was like five years old and i, my, I was like that's my, amazing i was telling my mom about how i was gonna be on this your podcast and she was like don't say that i showed you this <laughs> horrible painting and to her in her defense she tried to you know cover it up um, sure. because i love the book right. um but so then she just like taped a piece of paper over it and uh, now it's the forbidden fruit exactly yeah. so of course i <laughs> i uh went and found the book and uncovered it and just stared at it for a long time because you know there's just so many um things happening in that painting yeah, tons you know including you know torture and yeah. it's it's really humorous and it's super dark and yeah. you know you got all these you got all these like different creatures and like half bird people and then it's like you know things getting shoved up different things or, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like flutes and like yeah. weird shit stuff that's a heavy painting man yeah which is really funny that it is comical but also like dark very very dark which i think really thinking about it now that that really sums you up quite it well it does I, I think yeah that it, it, that, <laughs> that painting um 
That is I, you. <laughs> I think, yeah, it, it really defined who I am um, in a lot of ways, which is crazy. Yeah, just to think about, you know, I mean, that. There, I have one really strong memory of this, uh, like my first memory, but but the that painting is up in the top, you know, five. My first, like memories that i can yeah. recall as a as a child and it's yeah. that painting that's heavy so that's kind of funny that it's like a, a depiction of hell in a way because um because it's both i mean it is heaven and hell obviously but um i uh my one of my earliest recollections and one of the first things that like really made me take notice of not just art but music as well um was the cover to, and I've talked about this before a few times, so I'm sorry to anybody that's like, oh, he's fucking repeating himself. Again. <laughs> um, it was the album cover to Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell, oh, where yeah. the dude's on the rocket motorcycle blasting off, and there's like, you know, the river sticks is in behind him, and there's the great big, the giant hell bat flying in the background, and all that kind of stuff is just really very powerful imagery. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, that really stuck with me too. So that's cool that yours is also very dark. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's wicked. Um, actually, I have a question that um, I haven't been able to ask a whole lot of people, but you studied martial arts when you were a kid. Yeah, I did. Do you feel like the, the discipline and the concept of rigor really helped prep you for creative endeavors mm. Mm. that's a good question uh yeah actually um i think yeah i think that uh, martial arts definitely did lend to um developing patience yeah um, very necessary yeah super necessary almost you know there's almost like a um yeah just a, an insane amount of patience is required um just especially like I'm learning a lot now with, with these pens mm. and doing it's the same line hundreds of times for hours, you know. I'll Holy sit there shit. I'll sit there that last drawing I did with the two cats on the couch. Yeah, um, that's great. That, I really like that one. Thanks. It's very um, cool. It's um sorry to interrupt. No, no, please. Like <laughs> it kind of made me think of the Cheshire cat. Mm hmm Just like in a more casual setting so yeah. it's like almost more humorous than the cheshire i thought yeah they do kind of have that that uh aura to them yeah just bit. like these motherfuckers are up to no good they are <laughs> they're definitely they they'd have a bit of, uh, uh they have a, a gaze uh, um it's just a little bit of i don't know if sinister is the right word but definitely definitely shenanigans yeah. with ill effect menacing yeah definitely menacing yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah yeah those characters are yeah I, I love the uh just love cats in general um yeah. but uh but behind them there's this like I, you can only really see like a sort of a box of por a portion of the drawing mm -hmm. um but the the rest of it is this like um it's almost like a shape of um like a flame maybe okay. uh it is it's an abstract shape sure um as i think a lot about i've been thinking a lot about portals um in the past few years as well like um, you mean in like interdimensional portals or yeah consciousness yeah kind of stuff? yeah uh -huh. just all all sorts of portals 
uh, but very very much like inter uh, interdimensional and uh, like um, consciousness um, thinking a lot about that cool um, yeah there's a uh, I actually there, there's, there's just so many little lines that I that I made just trying to create that and it it actually ended up looking um, as close as I could have, have been able to get it so far into this 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 kind of this vision of what um a certain type of portal that i want to be able to create right um, so it looks um it's almost there basically cool. it's it was, it's it's as closest i've been able to like take this vision of this portal that i have out of my head and put it onto a surface that's wicked yeah that's very cool uh, how long did that picture take you just to get an idea of the patience and rigor yeah uh about a month holy shit yeah well i was I, not I, expecting that no yeah i mean i'm i mean i'm i'm quite busy like i have a full time and then i have another have a monday night job um that's the just, uh the, that's teaching right paint night yeah paint night yeah um so a lot of the time that i spent doing that drawing was on my breaks at work uh, and then of course when i get home from work i have to make supper and do all the kind of life stuff so sure. i i did get to do doing it at home um it would be in you know little brief maybe half an hour periods sure so all in all you know i mean i could have probably gotten the drawing done in um if i was working on an hour a day probably closer to like two weeks but even sure. still it's, still that's that's 14 hours it's a long yeah yeah it, that's a long fucking time to work like draw lines yeah <laughs> most and most of that was drawing lines so so yeah it comes back to uh talking about martial arts yeah um and how that i definitely think that that um did embed um or just kind of helped with being able to tr i guess yeah because when you're doing martial arts you're training you're doing a lot of repetitive motions mm -hmm. to get to a goal and putting yourself in the mind space to be willing to do it and and knowing that you know, there is an end goal. Well, not necessarily an end goal, but there is there are results and dividends that are paid along the journey. Mm -hmm. So uh, something I do like about that is the, the belt system, especially for kids. It's more so for kids than for adults, the belt system, because it's that visual representation of progress, mm -hmm. which I, I like quite a bit. Because it's not quite as prevalent really in in the in fine arts or or in music because that stuff is so subjective oh that's really interesting i yeah. i think because like i could look at a piece and be like that's dog shit and <laughs> you might absolutely adore it yeah, yeah right same thing with listening to tunes like somebody could hear something and think it's the greatest thing ever written somebody else could hear it and be like it's just fucking noise mm. right so because of that level of objectivity for the uh, more of like the fine arts, I guess. Um, in the martial arts, it's like it's pretty clear <laughs> if you're doing well or not. If you're doing well, you're not getting smashed <laughs> by someone that's doing better than you, mm. right? I mean, there is always going to be somebody better than you, but like, I, I really I dig that visual representation because it I think it helps to kind of help um, keep people motivated when they're when they're young and or if they've just never done it before mm -hmm. and haven't had the uh like work 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 payoff mm -hmm. you know and even though it's just like it's just a little taste like breadcrumbs you know yeah i really like that kind of thing 
Yeah. Because you started martial arts quite young, right? Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, man. That's actually, like, next up after the 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 Bosch painting is, like, martial arts <laughs> yeah. um, for memories. Because, yeah, I was started when I was, I don't know, yeah, maybe, like, maybe like five or six or something. Six, yeah. 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 In, uh, back in the States. So. That's right. Yeah. I totally forgot. You're you're a dual citizen. I am. Yeah, yeah. from Georgia, right? I'm I'm actually I was born in uh, Connecticut. Oh. Yeah. Is it just a bunch of family you have in Georgia then? I do. Yeah, most my, my mom's side of the family they all live oh, in. Okay. Uh, I don't think we don't have any family. Uh oh, no. We do still have some family kind of scattered around um uh the states. I'm pretty sure my my uncles are still in New York. Oh, cool. New York State somewhere. Uncle and aunt. Um, and I have a cousin that's uh, she drifts. I think she's still in New York too. But anyway, sure. Um, I I yeah I do have uh, my my mom's side of the family is is um, still living in Georgia. Nice. Yeah. Do you feel like because you guys, at least as I recall, uh, when we were kids, you would you would visit the states quite often. Every now and then, yeah. Um, do you feel like having that almost you know multinational background help give different perspective or do you feel like there's really that much difference at all even or oh yeah for uh, sure that's a huge <laughs> that's a really huge um thing um yeah it was really interesting growing up as like uh in canada as an american um or like having the dual citizenship or having being born with the american status right um and just hearing yeah just just experiencing i don't even know what you'd call it but just like and just both sides of the border yeah yeah kinda you know thing <laughs> having having you know hearing a lot of um always hearing complaints about americans and um agreeing with a lot of it but then also being an american so yeah. so also like not just being especially as a kid just being really confused sure uh, and i think it really gave me this really weird perspective or 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 good perspective into what it feels like to be talked about like that right to um, be somewhat of an outsider kind of yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's you know it's it's especially within like a, a very prominently white culture yeah um, sure so it it it, get, it did give me a little bit more understanding, I think. Yeah. Um, as far as that goes, and just just being able to go feeling like, like an outsider. Yeah, and seeing like, um, oh well, you can't paint everyone with the same brush because mm -hmm. I ain't, you know, I'm one of these people that you're talking shit about, and I'm, like if they don't know, mm -hmm. you know, they're like oh, but not us, man, not us fucking Canadians. And you're like, hmm, yeah, something's not right about yeah you know and then it was also really weird you know like also just agreeing with a lot of the things and, and, sure. and just being like yeah these i do relate especially you know now not being a kid anymore and really understanding a lot more about what where all this um sort of backlash i guess or um you know all that was coming from sure yeah yeah sorry i didn't mean to get like too political about it no it's okay it's it's good i just think that those kind of experiences have to bleed into your art yeah right? um again whether it's cognizant or not yeah i 
I know it does. Um, and I've been thinking about, I, I, I've been thinking more about communicating something a little bit more nowadays. Um, be it whatever. I mean, a, a lot of artists are usually are encouraged to take a standpoint from whatever their background is. Right. Um, and then of course, I mean, my background being I'm a white, um, cis male, um, from the States, <laughs> which <laughs> sure. is like, um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a little, it's scary for me to, <laughs> it's just, I have a lot of work to do, um, because, because I think that I have a lot to say, sure. um, from that, from that, this kind of lens. Um, um, and I just really want to make sure that when I do, um, I'm, I'm very careful, um, that I've done all, all as much research as I can yeah. before I start making comments, because I know that, um, yeah, yep. people can say painful I, things, yeah. especially from this lens <laughs> that I yeah. got. Sure. Um, sure. so I want to make sure I, I do want, I, I, that is something I care about and I do really want to start making comments. Um, I'm just not really sure where to start. Um, so I just keep a lot of a lot of the time I do spend on my art is still focused on like uh, technical things. Um, sure. I do feel like I, I, I and I also do like um, branching out to different styles. I've been doing that for a while and I do feel like I'm coming to a point where um, I have enough. Um, so I'm starting to get a grasp of enough different styles that I might be able to start having conversations. Yeah, that's cool. I was going to say it's I feel like it's a direct parallel to music where if you don't have the vocabulary and I mean from a technical standpoint if you don't have the vocabulary it's really hard to get across a clear and concise message mm -hmm. and I mean there's something to be said for abstraction and being vague and you know that kind of stuff however if you're trying to really put across your voice mm. you know whether it is like actually vocally or instrumentally or or in an art piece like a visual art piece um i feel like having the the technical background mm -hmm. and and just the skills to say exactly what you mean is mm -hmm. very very important yeah uh, which um again you're also a musician as well and um i feel like because there are so many parallels between music and visual arts like to the point where um Caitlin, my cousin, uh, who is also an excellent visual artist, was explaining um, that certain parts of uh, a visual piece are called beats and certain things are called rests. And, and then I, I, I don't know exactly how to explain it. I'm probably screwing it up. <laughs> probably. Right. But um, she was talking about how like certain aspects like from a... Ah, shit. I, I can't remember. This was a few years ago we were talking about, but it was, I thought it was very interesting. And the fact that in music, we'll use color and, and um, when I say tone or mood, we, we usually talk about lights and darks and, and stuff like that. And, and like... In music. Hard, yeah, in music and, mm. and hard edges and stuff like that. So mm. I feel like it's almost like trading... Mm. Um, training the nomenclature back and forth to express ideas that aren't super tangible, which I think is really, really interesting yeah. bet between the two. So the fact that you do both, 
I would have to think lends an advantage to both sides of, of that artistic endeavor, which I think is really cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, <clears throat> one, a, a starting point to that from what I mean, I can say, um, very confidently that music is like a f- fuel, um, for, for what I create. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think a, a lot of, a lot, like my art will, um, what I, what I create will also sort of live it within these, um, narratives that are happening within, I, I do like albums that have narratives right yeah um, of course i've been listening to uh i don't know if you listen to the fleet fox as much i'm not familiar um but there's a they have a, a new album within the past um six months i think even year i'll say that <laughs> <laughs> it's called crack up um and it's it's like it's almost it's got its own myth to it i feel like oh cool um so i feel like you know i i get a lot of the imagery that I kind of draw out of that, or I, I draw a lot of imagery out of that, w- what the music inspires me to think about. Sure. And then I'll try to put that down. It doesn't always come out exactly how I think it would. But, but yeah, I mean, it's the, those music and art are definitely um, married in my mind. Yeah. Um, and I can't... Uh, as, as as interesting as I think it would be to try to create art without music, like in total silence, right? Um, I think I would get something completely different, and I am really curious to see what that would be. Um, it would but be yeah. a neat experiment. Yeah. So you always create to music. music? Yeah. I very rarely I'll draw. I mean, like I'll I'll also put the TV on sometimes, especially when I'm doing that repetitive work. Sure. I'll just put the tv on and i'll just have it in the background and just keep trying so um that might be an interesting time to try just pure silence (laughs) sure um because who needs a tv on in the background all the time yeah (laughs) it is nice yeah it can it can be for sure i mean like i used to do this thing i don't do it as much anymore but when i was a kid um i used to do these things that are called tv drills Mm. where i would run exercises on the guitar or the bass while watching tv that like they're not super melodic or what you might consider quote-unquote musical but just getting the physical muscle memory of moving across the neck and and, a good string attack be it picking uh with like a plectrum or a flat pick or finger picking or or slap and pop or whatever you Mm -hmm. happen to be doing um just getting it so that i could do this sort of stuff without really paying attention making it almost like a a periphery activity um so that it could be something where i don't need to think at all Mm. to make the physical movements to do almost anything that i want to be able to do and then when i'm learning tunes it's like okay now i have to attach the the pitch and the and the rhythm but the physical ability to make that happen is already kind of ingrained Mm. so it's just kind of like transferring laterally instead of trying to absorb a whole new ball of wax if Mm. that makes any sense it does so i feel like just having almost like a distraction 
when, especially if it's a technical exercise, I feel like that's a potentially a really good idea because it can lead into just super fast muscle memory and the ability to not really need to think too much. I don't know how that would translate to visual art. I, I have no idea. Yeah. But, but uh, at least on guitar. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It's it's interesting. Cause you, well, I mean, you always have to be. You don't always have to be, but um, I kind of always have to be looking directly at <laughs> what I'm oh, doing. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so then, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the interesting thing about having a TV on in the background is this, or, or it's almost a little intrusive because I want to be watching it. Right. Um, but it's almost a nice break, um, because I'm staring at the same thing all the time. So then I even when I am doing it, I put on something that I know I don't have to pay attention to. Right. Uh, and then it's almost like a break to look up and just see this like random um, kind of f- almost like cleansing my visual palette. Yeah. You know? It's just yeah, like yeah. a flush of this, these images, all these people and characters that I have no like don't know anything about. Like I, I'll hear it in the background. Sure. So I'll have a general idea of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, it's a, it gives me a break to look down, back down, and be like, okay, I'm just gonna draw the same thing again. Yeah, or, almost like coming back to it with a with a fresh or refreshed perspective. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. It's sort of like if you're mixing a tune or something, and it's been hours and hours and hours of listening to the same thing, you start getting deaf to it. Mm-hmm. So I I could I could see how it'd be like a similar idea. You're like, holy shit, I need a break. Yeah. Um, I keep kind of going back in my head to what you you had asked about uh, kind of the interchangeable language between yeah. music and art. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to kind of find um, a way to branch off of that because I thought that was a really interesting question. Um, we can come back to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I was thinking about I'm thinking about language. Sure. Um, and then one thing that came up was that um, I've noticed uh, I've noticed that you've um, your vocabulary um, with uh, music is just uh, astounding. Well, to well, me. thank you very I, much. I, 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 that's something I've always uh, kind of or really um, liked, or, or or I've noticed and appreciated about how you've developed um, in your practice. Well, thanks, man. Um, yeah, and and. and um, that's something that I've been um, focusing on or trying to focus more on uh, is to, and have actually, I feel like, improved um, just working at an art supply store. Yeah, um, I can imagine. With, with, with um, visual art is building that language and having more confidence yeah. um, around um, different words um, because it just, it just helps... Um, helps you know having having a clearer language to, to explain things to not only just yourself but to other people yeah <laughs> and i i find with with visual art in general i mean there is a curriculum you know you do learn a lot in high school and elementary school and you get all these basics mm-hmm. uh, and then there's a certain point I, I feel like you know even in when i was in university um everything kind of becomes blurry like like, like with um visual art mm. um like you have all these, you have all th- th- these words, um, but there's you know there's some words that can mean um, two different things. Sure. Or 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 or, or like you you'll go and you look at different books, um, it'll say 
one thing, the same thing about, uh, like it'll have two different words that'll mean the same exact thing. I, I sure. find that happens quite often with visual art. Right. Um, so I, I guess that's kind of the, the, the weird thing about that is like, I, I find that it's really important. I just, I still think that there's not, um, there's not, especially more of like a contemporary uh, language mm. with visual art. It's still, it's, it's very old. Sure. Um, and um, there's there is a lot of work being done. I just feel like it's 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 very useful and uh, kind of underappreciated. Oh yeah, um, totally. Well, I feel like it's very similar to music. Like there's a lot of crossover in language. Like even something as simple as um, tones and semitones being uh, rather than say like whole tone semitone, you can get whole step half step means the same thing but you know different labels um how like certain intervals can have the same tonal distance but because of like what order in the scale they land it's got a it's got a different label even though it's like the math is almost well i shouldn't say this because it's not the same but it's very similar so i feel in those areas at least for what i've been doing so far and i don't know if don't know if I'm right or wrong, but it's working so far. <laughs> nice. Um, but it's sort of like distilled down to what is most relevant to what you're trying to do, at least for me. And every time I'm like learning either, um, either learning a new concept, be it um, a new type of scale, like um, when I was working, when I first started working with the Hungarian minor. I was like, okay, this is fucking weird. I feel like the best way for me to understand it is almost like blueprint how this scale works, but then make it practical and write a song with it. So even though like the first attempt at the writing was dog shit, <laughs> you know, as it is expected, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, well, this didn't work. Well, why didn't it work? Oh, because I fucked up here and this should have been, you know, so you distill it down and you just kind of like, oh, okay, this is how I need this to work for me. Um, same thing with when I was getting into um, modal interchange and, and just using borrowed chords and kind of strange concept, or at least to me at the time, strange and foreign concepts. Hmm. Uh, I was like, okay, so if I can create with it, I feel like I can understand it better. Mm, yeah, totally. So uh, I would have to imagine it's it's probably quite similar. I think it is. I think it's exactly world. the same. And I, I think I think that having changed styles so many times, and I'm not sure. I, I think that this would be, because I, I, I don't actually um, practice as much music these days as I would like to. Sure. Um, but recently I was in a band... Um, that uh and we we the style we were playing was was quite different um from what i usually do yeah um, it was kind of like almost i guess kind of indie rock sort of sounding um which isn't even something i listen to a whole lot of sure. um so just a very foreign style to me mm -hmm. um and then i think i think i because I, I often switch a lot of styles with art um you have to not only learn the, you learn the medium, but then also l learn, start from the basics of all the, you know, like, um, you know, like how do you make depth within an ink drawing? 
versus sure. how do you make depth within a painting or even a, like a graphite regular pencil drawing is different just because the feel of the instrument is different yeah so yeah, it's totally um yeah um but yeah like just just to um i don't know if it was put out as a question but when you said i don't know if changing styles that frequently in music it yeah. totally does yeah totally does yeah uh, the last like five or so years i've been playing many different styles to the point where um like i was telling some family members uh, just this past summer i played in the havelock jamboree which is a country festival mm -hmm. and that surprised a lot of people that i was playing country they're like what you're playing country i'm like yeah why not oh yeah which again like not really something i listen to yeah. not something i really play that much but i had to to get ready for this show and i'm like oh cool okay so it had but the neat thing about it and i don't know if it works this way in 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 visual art i'm sure it probably does is there's some overlap like there's there's big differences but there is always a little bit of overlap a little bit of overlap in in approach to some extent mm -hmm. you know i mean obviously notes are notes and rhythm is rhythm mm -hmm. like but i mean like between country and the blues especially on the bass there's a shit ton of like root five movements and stuff like that it's super common in both so mm -hmm. it's like oh okay it's just this sort of thing and like walking bass lines exist in both as well but the feel is quite different and you want to be careful that at least in in a major country tune you don't want it to have that darkness that can occur in a major blues because blues is just a it's a more depressing ergo darker style mm -hmm. so um i i know that at least musically but from genre to genre there is a lot of there is a lot of crossover if you look for it mm -hmm. so i feel like it's probably i don't know is it the same like changing from like ink to pencil to um technical pens to for sure what and it, and i would imagine like within different styles of paint even whether it's like acrylic or watercolor or oil or what have you yeah well, well after i started using the ink pens i actually um i would start i bought these uh paint pens called uh, molotov um pens uh, they're an acrylic based ink or uh just acrylic paint uh, oh, cool. pens and i started drawing uh, in the same way that i would do this high these highly detailed ink drawings on my paintings sure um so yeah it's just so much crossover um and it's it's extremely useful i think just to yeah just styles. to branch out and yeah, yeah dip your toes in as many pools as possible and then bring it all back to you know whatever your home base happens to be which at least i know for me personally my home base is constantly just kind of shifting and tweaking and it just modulates a little bit every time i figure out something that i didn't really know before or even just an artist that i had never really investigated before mm. like i uh just on new year's eve i played in a, a david bowie tribute mm -hmm. i'd never really listened to a whole lot I, like i knew some radio hits yeah. right but like I'd, I'd never done like a a catalog dive on the guy yeah same and mm -hmm. doing this tribute was like oh this is really very cool and incredibly diverse what he would move through like yeah. from something like say 
modern love to I'm afraid of Americans. Like, yeah, doesn't even sound like the same person. Yeah. Like everything about the approach is so completely different. I mean, obviously there's generational gaps <laughs> in there as well that, that are going to change your sound and, and everything, but like very, very cool stuff. And just looking at one specific individual can change perspectives so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that actually that is part of one of what I'm trying to communicate um, as an artist is that, or as a visual artist, is that I, uh, I, I, I think it, it's, it is very useful <clears throat> um, to have different styles. Mm. And I just see a lot of the same stuff appearing, especially on Instagram. Uh, just a lot of the same stuff, like a lot of artists posting um, very, very similar styles all the time, which is which is fine. Like mm. I, I, I still, I, I think that there's, um, I love looking at a lot of, um, you know, especially getting into the, this the, the ink drawing and looking at a lot of illustrators that I was totally unaware um, that they even existed. <laughs> um, just looking at their drawings and and you know they're so good and just seeing the same stuff is okay, yeah. um, depending. Sure. on who it is um, but I also just feel like there's not enough appreciation for versatile artists right so um, when you say you see a lot of the same stuff do you mean like do you see a lot of one artist producing works that are almost reductive of their own work it's like kind of the same thing from the same person over and over again or do you mean like a collective of people all producing kind of the same work or both um y yeah maybe both um yeah, again, it it is the you know it's all subjective. Sure. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, and it's yeah. like <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's also yeah. I just I find there's too much repetition. Sure. Um, and and I know it it has a lot to do with mastering uh, uh mastering, um, that a medium style. and a style, sure. and and that's great. Um, versatility is also um important. Yeah. Oh, that's, I agree. That's, I, I, and then I'm starting to see some artists out there. You know, you'll scroll through their Instagram, and you'll see you'll see a landscape, you'll see a portrait, you'll see a um, you know, like a like pop surrealist kind of thing. You'll see like an anime. Yeah. You know, it's just like they they have a, a range of different styles, and I just think that's really cool. Right. Uh, and 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 I think that's where you get new ideas from. Yeah. A new new imagery and totally i know sometimes at least for me uh with playing multiple instruments i sometimes struggle with that choice that it's like you know if i really focused on one i i may have been a little further down the road towards i don't want to say mastery because it, at least as far as i'm concerned i'll, I'll die before i master an <laughs> instrument yeah which i'm cool with i'm cool with because you know it, at least i'll always be growing but i would be probably further down the road of finesse mm -hmm. if i'd have just stuck to one but then at the same time i get a different kind of thrill from playing different instruments and and it's also fun you know you're just out and it's like well i don't have access to this one but there is that one right there and i really feel like i need to play right now mm -hmm. so i just sit down and grab you know whatever that one is in front of me that I'm able to make some kind of noise on. Mm. Um, I do like that. Do you find that 
um, in the versatility, do you get a different kind of rush from working with different mediums and in, and in different styles? Or is it all kind of the same, like, is it all the same gratification or does that vary with your medium? Definitely different kinds, um, for sure. Like, uh, I would say like drawing with pencil is, is super nostalgic because it's basically where I started. Sure. Um, so whenever I make something that I'm really satisfied with, um, with pencil, um, I, I get sort of this really great nostalgic, um, right. kind of, uh, feeling. Yeah. Uh, and, and also feel like I have the most experience with it. So every now and then when I really feel like I make a drawing or, or want to make a drawing and then I do it, I feel like, you know, nine times out of 10 for me, I look at it and be like, this is awesome. Yeah. Which which doesn't happen a lot with 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 like newer styles, you know. A lot sure. of the stuff I'll put out, I'll look at it and be like, I am not posting this, <laughs> or like I don't want anyone to look at this. Right. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, and then painting for sure is a different kind of. They all do have yeah different rushes. Yeah. Um, painting painting I have kind of a weird relationship right now because um I when I because I am um kind of working or working towards uh, sobriety, uh and working on addictions specifically with alcohol. Um, I would drink a lot when I painted. Mm. Uh, I would drink a lot <laughs> when I painted. Uh, I would, yeah, it, it, it is unfortunately kind of directly linked. Um, so I'm trying to reestablish my relationship with painting. Right, from a, um, from a sober point of from view. From a sober, sober point of view. And that um, changes the style completely. Uh, yeah, um, it would which have is to. Just, which is crazy. Um, and, and, and I think it's been difficult because I... I, I found a cool kind of like urban landscapes. I was doing a lot of urban landscapes when I was painting and drinking. Right. Um, and I loved them. Um, and, and I actually got um, some people out there were starting to pay attention to those. Uh, and then when I try to go back and make them sober, uh, they just don't feel as exciting and they don't right. turn out the same way. Do you think yeah. that's more of a mental block than Probably. a physical? Probably. I mean, yeah. Um, Cause I know when I was smoking weed all the time, uh, when I first tried to write lyrics sober, mm. um, I like, I, even musically, even musically when I, when I first kind of really stepped back from, from smoking weed, it took, it took a while to get comfortable with it. Um, I just felt like I had more inhibition or yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, sorry. Wow, I don't know why I had such a brain fart there. Yeah, I have more inhibitions sober mm. than than I did when I was stoned, where when I was high, it just felt more like, fuck it, that's that's what it is. Right. Even if it is a little rough around the edges, if it is a little sloppy, it's honest. Yeah. And I felt like breaking down those barriers while sober was much harder to do. Yep. Um. Yeah. But at least when I, you know, for me, it was, it was just kind of a matter of time. And again, perseverance and yeah. repetition and rigor before now, there's no way I would, <laughs> uh, perform something. I like, <laughs> I, I might, you know, if I've had a drink or a puff, which I mean is incredibly rare, but it does happen. Um, if I do something like that in an idea, strikes me i'll i'll kind of work on it a little bit but it's a draft 
and yeah. I'll come back to it with a clear head and then I'll really attack it and and tighten it up and then I'll start to feel really good about it. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes there are really cool kernels that are hiding in that altered state but yeah but it, it, at least um for a long time it was a necessity to be fucked up yeah oh yeah to for sure. to create luckily that hasn't been the case in mm, almost 10 years that's awesome so um i i have no doubt that you'll be able to get those like get that feeling back of of like that fluidity in, oh, yeah. in painting without the booze i have no doubt yeah yeah i i, I don't I, I i believe in that too and uh, i just yeah it just takes time um for sure and, you know perseverance and um just not not drinking yeah. <laughs> it's um, kind of weird how that uh substance culture goes really hand in hand with a, like multiple art forms definitely it's, it's weird it's toxic for sure um yeah because it yeah it's toxic. Yeah, it's a bummer because it kills people sometimes. Definitely. Definitely. And, um, you know, because they, they believe that they can only make good work when they're in that state, and then it definitely kills them. Yeah. Um, especially when, you know, you, you, you do, you get the, uh, I, you know, I've been thinking, I, I, I need, I want to learn more about uh, Amy Winehouse, um, actually. There is a heartbreaking documentary on Netflix um, about him. Yeah, if, I, I've been listening to her a lot more, and I've been thinking, especially going through this, uh, going through the whole um, being sober stage. Um, yeah. I've been thinking about her a lot, and just listening to her songs, um, really listening to them, being like, "Holy shit, that's yeah. it's just so sad," um, but also very, um, you know, um, almost helpful yeah. in a way, therapeutic, to just, yeah. therapeutic in some ways of just um, feeling more uh, less alone in the process sure um spe- especially uh, as an artist i yeah. think in relation to that sure she was uh, a well, good one yeah um, no kidding that was a tragedy because she was such a good singer oh and yeah and her band was so great yeah <laughs> uh, that bums me out that that netflix special um or documentary rather that made me cry i'll have to check it out it's pretty heartbreaking um there there are a couple of really good docs on netflix about tortured artists that Mm. just oh tear the heart asunder (laughs) yeah um i'll tell you this though if ever you're looking for some solidarity (laughs) sorry struggling with words i'm really tired i i literally i haven't even showered from from jujitsu when uh when you showed up (laughs) oh dang that's okay man i'm gonna hop in the shower after we wrap this up okay um so if you can smell me i apologize (laughs) no no it's all good um but uh if you're ever looking for solidarity with the uh the struggles of sobriety man just shoot me a message or give me a call Mm -hmm. um i know there's a time difference but if i'm if i am available i will i will speak to you about it because it took quit as weird as this is quitting smoking weed i I shouldn't say quitting but like making it super manageable because i'll smoke like i'll take like that much once every like four or five months Mm. and then that's you know and then i'm good for a while Mm -hmm. um same with the drink i'll have a drink every somewhere between four to six months um but it's it's very very manageable now um but 
getting weed to a point where it didn't control my day mm. was harder to do than quitting smoking cigarettes for oh, me because yeah. it was ritualistic. It was social. It was um, so relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> um, just so many things about it um, that created this. And I mean, I'm also, I am a creature of habit. I get obsessed with shit and I get locked into it. And that's just, that becomes my focus. It's like I get tunnel vision on a lot of stuff almost. Yeah. So um, that that made it very challenging. But um, it's totally doable. Mm-hmm. And again, so if you're ever feeling alone about it, man, just give me a buzz. Yeah, same to you and same to anyone who's uh, listening to this if they need a, a um, an ear or just it- some someone to talk to about it i am it's 100 percent down because yeah because that is uh one of the other things is that 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 helps is having people a community to talk about it with absolutely uh, that's helped me immensely yeah. <laughs> so yeah. thank you too as well to to you and to everyone else um, absolutely and <laughs> actually same goes to everybody else listening to if you ever pardon me if you ever need somebody to talk to just give me a shout and uh, if I'm around, I I will talk to you. Yeah. Um, and again, actually, community. Community, yeah. Community is a big thing. Um, and I love that it is what you make it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that specifically yourself and myself, we're, we were pretty lucky to grow up forming our own community at an incredibly early age. Mm-hmm. And um, at least for me, I know that um, it has really informed a lot of moves that I make now that I'm growing up uh, or grow- mm, physically grown up. <laughs> uh, mentally and emotionally, jury's out. <laughs> jury's out on that shit. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but I think it's really cool that we were able to surround ourselves with relatively like-minded people Mm -hmm. with very similar interests where we were really safe to experiment and fail and fail forward which is a quote i'm totally Mm. stealing from will smith and i don't know if he got that from somebody else but that's who i heard it from in this really cool cool video he put out talking about don't be afraid of failure because that's where the learning happens and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah. and i feel like that was a huge part of us growing up was you know not just being able to fail but being able to fail safely with each other was a big thing and introducing each other to to different types of music and different books and movies and and visual art and all that kind of stuff i am incredibly grateful for um, oh yeah me too now that i am where i am i feel like without our collective and our community and our parents being super fucking cool having (laughs) just like (laughs) a herd of children in their in any given basement always yeah in the basement for sure always the basement (laughs) you know at any whether it was your folks basement or will's folks basement or my folks basement yeah like we were always in somebody's basement working on something yeah (laughs) and 
like that is honestly like I am I'm grateful for a lot of things, but that is some fucking that's some top shelf gratitude. Yeah, me too. For me. Me too. So, which so I'm I'm very grateful for you. And I here's something yeah, else that I think is really cool. I love that we can go like a year <laughs> without seeing each other and it's like let's get together. All right. And yeah. it's like, you know, like nothing's fucking yeah. You know, no time has passed, really. Yeah. I love that. Me I, too. I think that's an important thing, which is why I'm super happy for you that you're moving to Vic. Oh, yeah. And, and getting in with that crew again. Oh, yeah. So that's great. I'm uh, I'm extremely excited to be part of that community. Um, there's some just great people, amazing yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and I think... You know, I, I love uh, one thing uh, that I, you know, as much it has been difficult um, not being around a community, um, you know, moving to Kelowna and having to kind of reestablish one, mm-hmm. like um, build one from the ground build up. One, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think that um, even as hard as it was, I think I do. I've sort of discovered that I have a bit of a passion for forming them, um, yeah. you know, which is really hard to do, I will say. Yeah. Um, it's really rewarding when it finally starts to happen and you start to see these people that you love, like, um, meeting. Especially I love when people meet from the first time. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it's always kind of weird. So you're like, you don't know each other? Um, but, um, but, yeah, it's just when that starts to happen and then you start to see these the same people and then the more of them starting to see each other in the same places more and more often it's just it's just magical yeah and i think that's where like really awesome shit starts to happen absolutely um with art and uh just communicating in general and just working towards um something something good yeah Um, there's there's a local guy actually that is a magician for that his name's matt diamond uh he he just finished his tenure at the Wolf as a DJ, and he hosts the open mic at the Red Dog on uh, Tuesday nights. One of the sweetest dudes on the planet. But that guy, literally, like he moved here. I don't think he. I don't think he knew anybody when he first moved here. I think he came just for the radio gig, and um, I mean, came with his family. You know, his wife and his uh, his kid, and now they've had another one. But um, he just started doing these open mics. And people came, and the really good, cool people just kind of, they could feel something about them, mm. and just stuck there. And the, the open mic has moved quite a few times. It's now, it's feeling a lot more like it's home at the dog now, which is great. But it's really just kind of wherever that guy goes. Mm. And I, I, I like that, you know, it's like. Like you were saying, especially when you see people meet for the first time, like that's that's a great, great thing. You're like, ah, yeah, this is awesome. Anyway, I just, he's awesome. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> that's that's like really to... the point of that story. Is Matt Diamond is the shit. I'd like to, to to meet this guy. Yeah, man. I should. I'll I'll put you in touch with him. I'm sure he'd love some of your artwork, dude. Cool. He's a musician too, and he's like he's a very very cool dude. Nice. Uh, yeah. And shit. I mean, why not have a a national community. Oh right? yeah. It doesn't need to just be municipal. We yeah. can, we can, we can conquer the world. Yeah. Yeah. Not no. to sound like a megalomaniac, <laughs> but no, I, uh, I, I, I have, um, that's another thing too, is, uh, 
building communities in different places. Yeah. And that's honestly uh, my one concern about moving to Victoria is that I will never leave. <laughs> um, because I do really like, or I think it's important to have, um, I think it's important to move around. Yeah. Um, you know, just, um, yeah, I, I've sort of discovered that through um, uh, just... Uh, hanging out with uh Levanna a lot <laughs> right um and the, um, Levanna moves around goes to all these different places and meets all these different people and just has so many different communities um to be a part of and i just think i think that's uh just just brings a lot of um just so many positive things towards um development of who oh, you are yeah. um as a person and as an artist yeah Travel broadens um, the mind, man. Especially, especially what I really want to do is get out of North America. Yeah. Um, just somewhere, you know, because I feel like... Um, Have you been across the pond? Uh, no, no. Um, I haven't either. Nowhere. I, I mean, I, I, I really want to go just anywhere, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because I, I think that there is a lot you can learn from traveling to different parts of Canada yeah um just just you know if you're if you just i think at least travel to a different province yeah. in your lifetime if you if you you know but but um but i think all the better to to travel somewhere else um, yeah, with a purpose country, different continent even better Mm-hmm. and and yeah. with a purpose that's not just specifically for visiting you know it's like i, I know it's a harder to do but but like i'm gonna start looking at the residencies um just so there's more of a like I'm less of a tourist, sure to some degree, um, and have some kind of a purpose there. Yeah, uh, just to give the, um, you know, using up resources a little bit more of a purpose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. I get that. Yeah, I'm actually thinking um, when Amber and I head over to Europe in April, I'm thinking about bringing. Definitely my harmonicas with me. I don't know what the logistics of renting an instrument there are, but I would love to find some open mics while we're over there and just see what it's like to, you know, only speak music with someone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, cause I'm now I assume there are a lot of places where people are not going to have trouble speaking English. English, Jesus. Apparently, I'm having a hard time with it. Yeah, I always <laughs> but, um, do. <laughs> But um, I think it would be really cool to just, you know, even if there's like a huge language barrier, as soon as they start playing, hopefully I'll be able to hop on board mm-hmm. and and jam. And I don't know what the protocols are over there either. So I am excited about that. Um, I think that would be, I think that would be very cool mm-hmm. if it's if it's possible. Mm-hmm. Well, well, even in um, even in like Victoria or even in just in BC in general, one thing I've noticed is just that like a lot of the art that I have been creating, um, and, you know, because I mean, being from here, it's like there are specific kinds of art that's made in different parts of the world. Sure. Um, in more of an abundance than others. Yeah, it's uh, just because yeah. it's the surroundings. It's the you know. Yeah. Um, and I think it's I think in BC. I mean, and you see a lot of, um, I mean, specifically visual art, you know, you see all these artists that I, like, I've been influenced by are living in, you know, New York or 
LA or wherever they're from or, right. or established. Yeah. Um, but actually going there and seeing um, how it's part of the culture a little bit more yeah. of like, like, like my style, I, I find I, I mean, um, I just feel like it's a, it's more, it's a little more there. It's a little more visual. It's it's actually out in the open a little bit more. Or right. even in Montreal, there was a lot more of like like that kind of stuff, and it's just kind of it's validating. Yeah, yeah, sure. So that's that's another thing that's good. Right on. I just want to check the time real quick. Yeah, absolutely. I like, do, what it is three o four. What time? Yeah, I'm I'm good for another uh, uh half an hour. 40 minutes or so. Oh, okay. Or, cool. or even, yeah, I, I should leave at 10 to 4. Okay. I just didn't, <laughs> didn't want to get you fucked over for your appointment. No, <laughs> no, it's all good. All right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, all good. Uh, actually, I should have gone before we started recording. I'm I'm busting here. I got to take a piss. I, you know, I do too. <laughs> okay. Let's pause this real quick. We'll be right back. All right. <laughs> okay. We're back. And refreshed. <laughs> yes. It's uh, it's funny. You don't think about it really that much when the, when you're getting ready for the show, and then it starts. And you're like, ah, damn it, I gotta go. I actually think about it all the time because I, you know, <laughs> I I do, you know, I drink because they say you're supposed to drink what like six liters, seven liters of water a day or something. Yeah. Um. um I know the imperial. I think is eight cups. Whatever that. I do it, whatever, to. whatever it is. I, 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 I have like a habit of just drinking a ton of water. Yeah. Um, and that means you know when you actually do it, you pee a lot. Yes, and you like, do. I do. Like I pee like every hour. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's it's kind of inconvenient. <laughs> I, I, honestly, it's it's probably really good for me. Yeah, I was gonna um, say it's more convenient than kidney stones. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, I, I'm that. I'm not gonna stop. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> But it's it's just definitely still you know it's like kind of well, difficult sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I I I drink a shitload of water too. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I hurt my vocal cords uh, a while ago. I'm a, I'm alright now. Hmm. Um, I've been working on recovery and stuff for them for like the last year, but um, I blew my voice out at a show. I was I was really sick and I went for a big scream and just oh and yeah. I, I had an edema on uh on the vocal cord that started to turn into a polyp but oh. i was able to catch it and uh, you know anyway um yeah. <laughs> part of part of the recovery plan was staying extraordinarily hydrated mm. so i was drinking still am because i feel good when i do it uh drinking just a metric fuck ton of water <laughs> yeah. every day and yeah. same sort of deal it's like almost every hour mm, time for a piss yeah so, which, uh, it does kind of get in the way, <laughs> Yeah. but you know, but yeah, I think, I think we're better off. Yeah. The pros well outweigh the cons. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yippers. Oh man. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I have a question about, <laughs> this is more like a, do you remember when? Oh yeah, and maybe it ties into the art because we were talking about the dark shit, mm. like at the beginning of the episode, basically. Um, do you remember when we were quite young and we used to play Resident Evil in the dark? Oh yeah, and see how long we could 
last with the lights out and shit. Do you oh, remember doing man. that? I do. Um, I do actually. Uh, those horror. Um, it's survival kind of sur- games. Survival horror games are are also a quite a big influence on me. Yeah. Um, just as a person, again for better or worse. Um, also my art. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if we did this with you or not, but I know Glenn and Colin and I used to do it. It was the really, like, the, the most intense part of the wall um, by Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. The, at the end of the wall, uh, The Trial. Do you remember that song? Um, actually, it's not coming up. I mean, I yeah, I, I've listened to that album so many times. It's been a while. It's one where um, Roger Waters has this really weird effect on his voice that like it's it's, it's just an octave mm. uh, effect but it's super dark and super creepy and um um it's from like a couple of different perspectives uh, it, it it doesn't actually go from pink's perspective i don't think it's been a while since i've listened to it but um it, it does the uh the defense lawyer it does the um it does pink's mother and it does the judge Mm-hmm. And it's very intense and very spooky. Mm. And we used to um, <laughs> we'd put it on in uh, in the jam space in in my parents' basement, all the lights off and blaring. We put it we'd put the CD player through the PA system, and we'd just blast it as loud as we could. And you had to sit by yourself in the dark and listen to it and see how long you could last <laughs> just oh. super fucked up like, I, yeah what a weird thing to do <laughs> when you're a kid but it's just those kind of those moments those experiences really i don't know mm-hmm. they shape who you are i think totally <laughs> um and there is i mean that's one thing that i think that's kind of bringing up for me um something that i've been thinking about every now and then is uh like my relationship with horror and like um trying to figure out where or if any of it is um how would you put it like productive really um you know like i think um like like why horror is fun uh sometimes or like what's what's you know the uh the line between entertainment and like um terror and discomfort yeah you know there was a certain point when i was growing up when when i it was one time i was watching uh house of a thousand corpses that's a great movie and uh that was but (laughs) but before then um before this moment i had Mm. i had realized i was completely desensitized um Mm. to a to a point that was scary you know it's just like i'd watch all of these horror movies and see all this violence happening all the time not just in horror movies but just general violence um and i was completely desensitized to it um and then after that moment this is just this one time i was random watching watching house of a thousand corpses it hit me of what real like horror and terror like what that really meant you know what like what it meant to have like watching these people be tortured and stuff and how horrible (laughs) um that is um mm. and just i don't know I'm, I'm thinking a lot about uh you know because i really do going back to like how horror or, or i i do 
kind of have am based in that sort of um, creepy realm of art sure or, or do have a basis in in that mm-hmm. um wanting to have a have a, still have a relationship with it but how to have a relationship with it that's um again like maybe healthier healthy yeah healthier sure. uh, um, and productive you know because if i if people are going to be looking at this and feeling scared mm-hmm. you know um i want it to be in a way that's not you know um detrimental or scarring yeah you know (laughs) like um because i do think you know i think fear is a natural and important thing sure and and i I think that our relationship with fear especially in a in our you know like a a north western um relationship with fear is is really um not good (laughs) um it's it's used as like a form of manipulation on a massive scale and i think um I think we need to reconnect with what um, fear, um, what it means to, to, to have, what, what the basis of that um, feeling, where it comes from, you know? Sure. Um, and then so hopefully that can help us figure out how to um, reestablish that relationship with it so that it doesn't keep happening in this really horrible way. So. Sure. Well, that's kind of. At least in terms of. In terms of film or art in general, yeah, especially in terms of horror movies, that's it, it's fictional. So mm. I think, you know, like enjoying fake violence is one thing. Enjoying legitimate, horrific, barbaric acts is a very different uh, connection, and mm. I think you have to be a different kind of person to really get off on that. Mm -hmm. At least that's the way I feel about it. Like part of the fun of horror is that it is fake. Yeah. And that like having, having acted in some short films and shit like that, I've been covered in fake blood. It's, it's just corn syrup and and food coloring essentially like whatever they're, particular recipe happens to be but so there's kind of the the fun of knowing like ah it's not real it's just for shits and giggles now that being said there are certain things that are so they feel so real and it is so close that it makes you like really uncomfortable and anxious and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing if you in if you kind of analyze it the right way because there is certain shit that you really should be afraid of mm-hmm. but at the same time i think there are other things and hopefully now i know it's things are more confusing these days with what technology is able to impart that what's real and what isn't mm. is very tricky so yeah. i can definitely see the concern there um I almost wonder, though, if being tuned into that darker part of you, and, and I mean you in the proverbial sense, not you, not you, Mike G. <laughs> um, right. But uh, being in touch with that darker side of yourself, if it maybe helps to suss out the bullshit, mm. potentially, because like, at least for me, watching, say, something like House of a Thousand Corpses. Mm. 
that would not upset me in the same way it would to see like a really really brutal street fight caught on someone's camera phone like somebody's phone you know what i mean like and you see somebody get like smashed in the back of the head and they fall like face first into the cement you're like wow that guy's got fucking brain damage now Mm. like that's actually scary totally whereas house of a thousand corpses it's very well done it's very theatrical it's you know the effects are I haven't watched it in a while, so I don't know how it's aged. But yeah. <laughs> at least at the time, at least at the time, it was very convincing to be like, "Wow, this makes me scared!" And like, "Ooh, adrenaline and dopamine and all those things that kind of happen when you are afraid." Mm. Sort of like, "Why do we love roller coasters?" Right? You know, like this is fucking scary. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. "I could die!" Woo! <laughs> but <laughs> totally. Oh. But I, I wonder if maybe, you know, being able to tell what is real violence and what isn't it's maybe not necessarily a bad thing depending on how objectively you're able to look at it mm-hmm. um that being said i could also be talking out of my ass i don't really know <laughs> um yeah it's it, it's it's a it's a tough one i think there's just so many different levels of how people experience fear sure um and you know like what their experience with fear on a daily basis is like right um, and i think you know i i, I think for yeah it, it's it's definitely a very important conversation um to have i agree i think though like because when you brought up just living in that western western civilization um for the most part everybody here lives a quite a comfortable life Hmm. Uh, i mean especially if you compare it to some of the horrific conditions in other countries like it's you know there are some places where it's like holy shit you know like my family did grow up below the poverty line but like they were definitely you know Hmm. like we were never starving and we always had a roof Hmm. you know like might not have been the nicest roof ever but you know it's like there's there's some legit hardships elsewhere that I feel like um, being that comfortable and never really being able to tune into fear in a legitimate way is maybe what makes horror and roller coasters and things like that almost attractive to tap into that that lizard part of your brain that fight or flight. Mm. kind of like oh holy shit um yeah and and maybe it's not again if approached properly maybe not an unhealthy thing to experience you know uh, a range of emotions like i mean Mm -hmm. i like i love i love me some horror but don't get me wrong i don't just sit around all day watching horror flicks like i love stand-up comedy Mm -hmm. like i'm a i'm a stand-up nerd i love that shit I also really enjoy sci-fi and I I enjoy action flicks and documentaries and all that kind of stuff. And I think being able to run the gamut, much like, you know, moving from medium to medium the way you've been doing with your art recently, I think doing that in taking media as well as producing, I think is probably a really good, if if you can balance it and and be healthy, I think can be really um, beneficial Mm-hmm. to to output and also to just how you 
deal with situations on a day-to-day basis because i mean you know horror is definitely fiction but on a primal level you are tapping in to some you know like yeah that lizard brain shit lizard brain yeah so for sure i mean a damn lizard brain yeah which i'm having (laughs) trouble remembering what part of the brain that's i think it's i think it's limbic Am I, yeah. I, I might, I, I hopefully, I'm, I hope I'm correct there. Cool. Um, <laughs> um, cause I have, I, I was actually attending a, a workshop, an anxiety workshop a few oh, months cool. back. Um, we were talking a lot about how different parts of your brain and that there was, I, I again, I'm, I think it's the limbic, but there's the, the one that is like the, the lizard part. Yeah. Um, and it, a lot of it was about how, uh, you know, managing that. Sure. Um, yeah, so definitely, yeah, definitely something that uh, actually just having this conversation, you know, um, has been good. It's giving, giving me a lot of different cool uh, or just interesting ideas to think about my relationship with uh, fear in art and um, going maybe revisiting it because I do, I do really love, again, it's, it is having, having seen that painting so long ago, um, it is weirdly it's in there nostalgic and comforting for me to see to see things that are um a little unsettling yeah um i i just i really love those creatures or characters and i i just you know they're yeah they're a part of me yeah um for sure man hey i love seeing that kind of stuff too and i don't i don't think it's an unhealthy thing i mean no I, I, i I definitely struggled with that kind of stuff for a little while too cuz like everything I was writing about was super dark and I wanted to take a break from it which was good but then you know I think having been able to tap into it and then also being able to put it down both of them are healthy so that when when it's the right time to use it you can mm but you don't have to like it's it's not like a reliance it's it's just another tool in the toolbox mm-hmm. yeah. I, at least in terms of you know work production um that's how i look at it a- any experience really and we were actually we had a conversation about this last week which um is uh, an idea that has been reinforced through a book that i'm reading it's called the music lesson by victor wooten oh yeah and um one of the there's there's a lot of great quotes in it i'm not even that far and it's already melting my freaking brain uh, i love that <laughs> um which uh thank you liam archer for lending me this book it's fucking awesome cool uh, i i do like victor wooten i think he's really uh, cool yeah he's yeah. very cool <laughs> <laughs> but um pardon me one of the quotes from the book is you know whether it's a good experience or a bad experience, whether it was true or false, is almost irrelevant. Did you learn? Hmm. That's the gold. That's hmm. what's important. And that's something that I'm, I've been thinking more and more about lately. You know, it's like I've definitely been, and I'm, we all have, you know, we've all been uncomfortable or depressed or angry or or ecstatic and overjoyed and you know heartbroken and you know 
the first stages of puppy love and all that kind of stuff. The good, the bad, the indifferent, the the numb, the hollow, the full, all that kind of stuff. My cup runneth over, all of that. Mm. You know, some some of those, mo- like in the moment, definitely some of them are way more pleasurable than others. Yeah. But what did you learn from it? Totally. You know? And not to say you can't learn from being happy, because you definitely can. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just saying that, you know, being able to learn from from the discomfort, mm. I think, is super important. And I'm going to steal another quote. Uh, this one is actually from Joe Rogan. And I don't know if he came up with this, but again, it's who I heard it from, so yeah. that's who I'm going to credit. Uh, but pressure makes diamonds. And I love that quote. That is very cool, yeah. Which is, you know, it's a big part of the reason why I've really gotten off my ass lately and I've been working out every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. And I've been going to jiu-jitsu three days a week and and I'm, I'm working as hard. Like, I mean, not that I was lazy before, but um, in, the, in the music department anyway, physically, I, I got fucking lazy. <laughs> but, um, but in the music department, like, I was never super lazy but it wasn't as productive as i could have been now i'm I'm grinding harder for it you know because i just you know it's what i want yeah and i love the podcast i love having these conversations with with friends uh that i've known either fucking almost 20 years and and get to learn new stuff about them Mm. it's like holy shit i can't believe i've known you since i was 13 years old and i didn't know that the garden of earthly delights was like that's what set it all in motion i I had no idea and i think that's beautiful that i get to learn that and then with new people i get to figure out kind of what makes them tick because you don't very often get to sit down one-on-one with somebody and have a conversation for like an hour from one to three hours potentially yeah and like you know grinding out on this is uh, maybe grinding's the wrong word but like really you know trying to put a lot of time and effort into it is making me feel really good and i feel like i'm learning a lot too totally so and that's that's the thing what am i learning what am i learning yeah what am i learning that's uh one of the secrets to the universe i think <laughs> is 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 learning mm-hmm. um I, I think uh it's yeah it's it's been the last year specifically it's probably one of been one of the more most difficult of mine but the th- yeah, I can say that the things I've learned in that amount of time have been life changing. Yeah, uh, and, and I really think that there's just been this, there's been a, a point where I've been like, okay, this is this is the time now where I've had all of these things that I've been struggling with for m- my whole life um, are finally getting addressed. Yeah. Uh, I are just like finally getting um, having a place to be, you know, listened to and. Um, you know, it's just like it's actually a time where I think those changes, or awareness, I think. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's all there's always so many more things to be become aware of, and that's it's 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 uh, it can be yeah difficult, but I think yeah, yeah, I, I I like that. I like that pressure makes diamonds and sort of failing forward. Yeah. Um, I just another thing actually, um, Maynard um Ooh, i was listening right. to a uh I'm i ready. can't really directly i don't you know i'm not really good with quotes um sure. but though i was listening to uh, uh you know joe rogan's um he was t- speaking to maynard and he was talking about maynard talked about how he likes to just stay out of people's way 
which, right. which I thought that was really interesting. And at first I was like, you know, um, but, but, but I, but I liked that sort of idea of like, I'm going this way. Um, and you're going this way. And, I, and as much as possible, I can, you know, just trying to find a direction through this, through, through everyone. And it, so that you don't, um, you learn, um, and then no, you know, just, just trying to not, um, cause any damage you right. know because because i do um yeah I, I there is a balance there and just just trying to um not hurt myself yeah. and anyone else sure in, in the process because because that's yeah that's that's been the biggest thing I've, I've, i think i've learned is in the last little while it's just like that yeah that's good man I'm being glad. aware yeah this is like fuck man i'm still working on that shit too like it's, it's weird. I feel like it seems to be a huge through point that anybody that is creative has some form of problem with, I don't know if problem's the right word, but they have had to deal with either depression or anxiety or the insecurities or like all these kind of things. And it's almost... Now, this is more speaking, I'm starting to get into just personal uh, point of view, but it's almost like the creation is like, I'm doing this in search of validation. Mm, I don't know how Um, universal that is, but at least, at least in my case. Another, another thing that Maynard said, um, (laughs) I like Maynard. I do too. Um, I actually, I saw the, well, I've seen both episodes with him on, on mm -hmm. JRE. They were great. Yeah, he. Uh, but I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, um, at the last concert, uh, I went to see a Perfect Circle a few months back. Um, nice. And at one point during the concert, he stopped and he he talked a little bit more than he usually does, which was great. And he said um, he was talking about how, um, I mean, I think he was talking specifically about being in bands or whatever. But I, I just sort of put it in this perspective of being an artist, sure. with being a, a merchant of emotion. Oh, I like um, that. And I really liked that. I thought that was a really cool way to put it. Um, that eloquent motherfucker. I know. Um, and it also, yeah, I mean, that there's there's so many, I think there's, we, you know, like I think creative people who sort of flock to creative things, um, we do all kind of have a lot of these things in common, especially when it comes to emotion. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that yeah, I think there's there's so many things that come up there. It's like, um, yeah, for for again, for, for better or worse, you know, it's like we're we're sort of we have we're expected um, to have a, a big relationship with with emotions and mm-hmm. um, you know expected to um, be you know like be a part of all these different conversations um, and and also I kind of. I don't know, maybe I, I'm kind of making this up now, but, but um, almost like I think in a lot of ways we're expected to kind of be uh, um, therapists for on like a grand, on like a grand scale, you know, I get for, that for, dude. for, for, for um, larger society kind of standpoint, it's, which is tough, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's, that can be, um that's that's where i sort of you know um i'm a little afraid to 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 start communicating 
um, you know, especially within a, like a political um, s- sort of um, conversation, is that I just really want to make sure when I'm talking, I, I want to f- know as much as I can about what I'm talking about before I say anything, because I feel like there's a lot of people out there that don't know what they're talking about. Sure. Um, <laughs> or, you know, and, and just uh, they, they, they want to be a part of that conversation um, more than they, um, you know, before they're ready. Sure. Uh, and, and I think, I think there's a lot of artists out there that do that. And, and I think that that's, that's something that needs to be talked about too. Um, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, amen. I, I get that. Um, and, uh, and, and also, uh, yeah, that's where it gets, uh, technical things can get kind of lost in there too. Cause they're also extremely important. Um, and the balance between having that technical, um, com- comfortable, um, zone within, um, be- having confidence with your abilities and having confidence with, um, you know, your opinions, I guess, sure. um, being able to communicate them again, trying not to get in anyone's way yeah. in the process. Yeah. Well, or, or well, I feel like if you're starting to venture into the political realm, it's basically impossible mm, yeah. to not get in someone's way or at least have someone feel as though yeah. you have not <laughs> yeah. intruded into their space. Totally. Um, feel like the the best you can do really is just be super honest yeah and as transparent as you can be yeah and i mean when it gets into those realms at least it feels like it's i'll bear my soul and the chips will fall where they may almost i mean because it's if you're taking a stance on anything, then you've taken a stance on something, mm. which I know that sounds like a redundant thing to say, but um, there's almost always guaranteed going to be someone on the opposite side of your position. Yeah. So wh- whether you or they are in the right or wh- whatever, um, there's almost always... and and I applaud people to get into the political side of stuff. Me too. It's, it's <laughs> not that I don't, I don't want to say that I'm afraid of it, but I'm exhausted by it mm. mm-hmm. because it's, it feels like such a hornet's nest that even if going in, with good intentions or what have you it's gonna be a whole lot of like people just plugging their ears and shouting over one another Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate but it seems to be a reality of the time Mm. i don't think it'll be like i hope it's not like that forever but it certainly feels like a lot of that on like all like from every angle yeah i i and i'm so please anybody listening don't think i'm <laughs> talking about the left or the right or whatever Ugh. yeah again it's a, hornet's it's a... fucking nest so i applaud the people with the bravery to do it mm-hmm. but at least in this 
point in time, I don't have the time or the energy to get into what feels like an inevitable screaming match. I, I think I think what I what I can say is that I think a lot of it does have to do with uh, communication, yes, <laughs> um, or just really basic um, communication uh, tools. Yeah. That, and civility. <laughs> and, 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 and and you know like uh, education, parenting, mm-hmm. just just mm-hmm. really starting from um, the ground level. The, the ground level, literally, you know, like starting with with children. Yeah. Um, and. And and I think there is a lot, um, you know. I mean, there's 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 a lot of great conversations happening, and I think that kids are listening, uh, sure. and they are changing. And and you know, it's 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 um, it's really amazing to see. I think you know, like having um, you know, I am also an educator, or kind of heading towards that. I um, yeah, mm-hmm. um, have have got my degree as an educator. um i yeah just being part of that system for a little while and seeing honestly a lot of where the problems come from still are the adults oh well you know it is they they are a the 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 kids are a reflection of of what we are um you know as adults um and i mean not necessarily us no i know i mean just just the 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 older upper 30s folks or whatever whatever yeah uh, even teenagers i think you know like I, I still think that you know teenagers um they they start to you know they, they are expected to start taking responsibility yeah. um for the things they do a little more at that age and they yeah. should be um yeah. and i think i still think you know i i, I saw a lot of uh, just a treatment of of um younger people um that's where i think that a lot of change and, and and not i'm not disregarding um um you know I, I still think there's a lot of change that needs to happen with um the 30 plus age group and can um i think that the biggest changes will start to come with, with well of children. course well it's like you you hope anyway that every generation is going to be better is not right not the right word but you know yeah. Um, uh, Cooler. Maybe, uh, I don't or, know. <laughs> <laughs> or just you know, you hope that the next generation will learn from the previous generation's mistakes. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, for and sure. again, might be uncomfortable in the moment, but what did you learn from it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that same. Uh, yeah. I like this. I like the failing forward thing. Yeah, I do too. It is. It, it, I do start. I am. It is repeating itself. In my head, as, <laughs> as we have this conversation. Uh, hey, man, the Fresh Prince knows what's up. Yeah. Um, I will also say self-help. Start with yourself too, man, because that, because yeah. uh, that that small. It's just it sounds like the same kind of stuff everyone always says, but yeah, I, but, but I but I think it's important. I think self-help will 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 really change the world. Like honestly. Yeah. Yeah, the small totally. interactions with people that you have on a daily basis, and if you're just that much more aware of how you are um, with people, then it will it will make their you know your day and everyone else's day just a little bit better. Um, I feel like empathy plays a really big role in that too. Yeah, for um, sure. Uh, just with multiple family members having kids now, it's interesting to see 
this non-verbal, basically, and I hope no one's offended by this term, but essentially like this meat sack, (laughs) (laughs) initially, initially, turn into a person. You know what I mean? A meat sack. (laughs) I know, it's a fucked up way to put it, but essentially. It's a ham. Yeah, (laughs) it's a ham in a diaper. Um, But, you know. (laughs) But like, seeing, you know, seeing this thing that, you know, it can't talk. It can't. You know, it, it shits itself. <laughs> turning turning into a human being that will call you on the phone and sing to you. Oh my god, I know. You yeah. know, which recently happened and fucking broke my heart. Ren called me and sang with with um, m- my mom helped her make the phone call, but oh, they, she called me up and she sang "Baby Beluga" to me over the phone. Oh my god. Oh dude, I fucking cried. I bet. Oh, oh man, I was so beautiful. That kid's, that kid's hilarious. She was when I was there. She was. <laughs> she uh, she kept going. I'm a muffin. <laughs> and I, she'd like do this little like almost like a fighting stance and like just stare at me like I'm a muffin. I was yeah. like, okay. I saw a video of her and she'd like do like this weird like squat and she go fart. Yeah. <laughs> it's so goddamn funny. Oh yeah! Oh, it's so like, exciting. She's like not even two, and she's like looking Glenn in the face, going fart. Oh man, it's amazing. That it's happening, uh, man. But like, but that's what I mean. Like you know, when I first met Ren, little you know, just, just things pat like like, people were just kind of blurry shapes. Mm-hmm. You know, and now she's becoming. She's. They are raising the adult she's going to be. Yeah. To steal, to steal a, a comedy bit. Actually, it's like, it's not a child being raised. It's the adult they're going to be. Mm. Right. Mm. So when I meet other people now that maybe they're having a bad day or who knows what, it's like, hmm. Rather than being like that, that person's an asshole. Yeah. Rather than that, if they're you know they're being a little shitty rather than my initial thought of well you're just an asshole and that is you know rather than viewing someone in a static state of like well you're you just must perpetually be a shitty person to be around rather than that it's like well you used to be a baby yeah you know because well shit with my sister-in-law having three kids now and Mm. one of them is Hmm, four or five. <laughs> I can't remember how old the oldest one is. Anyway, yeah, my oldest nephew, like, he's he's going to school now, mm-hmm. right? Like he's in junior kindergarten. So, seeing that has given me a different perspective on grown people, mm-hmm. adults, right? It's like, well, I wonder what happened to make you such. Uh, and X, Y, Z, you know, a wonderful person, uh, you know, a creative person, uh, uh, such an introvert, such a, you know, such a extrovert. What a show person. Like, what a what a performer mm-hmm. they are. Or, or what a fucking miserable wreck. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, or whatever. It's like, or maybe it's just, maybe they're just having a shitty day. Yeah. And I feel like having that new bit of perspective and i obviously i forget to employ this 
periodically, but it's something that's been a little bit more in my head lately, and I'm hoping that that's making me, you know, a more rounded individual that, you know, be like, well, I wonder what happened today. I wonder what happened yesterday. I wonder what happened five years ago, ten years. What happened when you were a baby? Mm-hmm. You know, to make you who and what you are now. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I feel like a lot of that is helpful. And then just to kind of tack on, I know I'm going on weird tangents, but to tack uh-huh. on to the self-help thing that you were talking about earlier, um, I totally agree with that. I feel like as well unfortunately in such a big pharma world that we're living in that a lot of people rush for the easy answer mm. which is a pill usually oh mm. uh, yeah um yeah. when there are a lot of other things that you could investigate totally to see what happens i know for me personally i've recently really changed my diet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i've also become way more active Mm-hmm. And just through that, my body feels better, so I feel happier. I have more energy, and because I'm expend because I have this energy, I expend it during the day. Because I blow all this energy out during the day, now I'm tired. I used to have brutal insomnia. Right, like I would sleep like maybe four hours a night consecutively if I was lucky. I might be lying down for like eight hours, but yeah, usually only like four hours. But since I've been making these changes. I've been sleeping probably closer to like six and a half, seven hours, maybe even the full eight. Yeah. Which is a gorgeous thing when that happens. But like yeah. all these and and it's just come from from a change of diet and, and exercise. So just a, a minor change in lifestyle which yeah, maybe it's not super comfortable in the moment, but it's making me better throughout the day. And then also on top of that, um, talking to people. You know, just venting, unloading, yeah, and getting the garbage out rather than hanging onto it and pushing it down and bottling it up. Yeah, and, and you gotta fucking explode. I used to do that. Yeah, can't I, do that I, kind I, of shit. I do. I do still do that, and I, I just that that is like my probably my number one thing is just um just. Yeah, um, I, I'm still just trying to find good techniques towards um, processing all of that. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've been kind of uh, writing is something that I've been yeah. wanting to do. And honestly, God, every time something like that happens where I do bottle things up and then I, I it, it, it reaches that tipping point. Um, I, you know, I sit down to write and I'll, I, I'll go back to read some of the things that I did right and it, it's just so much clearer right um and i don't know why i just like don't you know i am going to put more effort into doing it um it's just uh yeah i i i don't know yeah i, I think i have a really hard time like i have so many books that i carry around that like um i think i just end up losing them and stuff like that so finding a good medium for it sure um will help but anyway uh, yeah, and talking to people. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It, like, yeah, I think open lines of communication 
what you eat really does make a big difference. Diet, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird how like when I was eating all kinds of like processed foods and a lot of sugars, and I'm, not, I'm sorry to get on this, like me, I'm freaking here there. No, because that sounds douchey, but like it really did make it. And you know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll cheat. Like yeah. fucking last night, man, I ate probably like a quarter pint of Hagen Dazs, and it was amazing. Oh my god, ice cream. <laughs> it was so good. Ice I think it was like no, a... it wasn't Hagen Dazs. It was Ben and Jerry's, mm. and it was. Um, uh, it's a play on where it's a pun about the Tonight Show. It's Jimmy Fallon's ice cream. I can't remember. Oh yeah, but yeah. it's delicious. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. You know? And that's okay every you once know, in like, a while. Like, I I mean for for me and for you too. I like my relationship with food. Everyone's relationship with food. I know there's different all sorts of different relationships people have with food. Yeah. Um, and that can definitely um, create you know trigger. Uh, emotional um, things for people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, for me, you know, ice cream is fine. If I mm. eat a tub of ice cream, <laughs> um, that's bad for me. Um, but then it's 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 that versus drinking, yeah, know, um, seven pints at a bar, then it's bad. Um, so sure. it's these, you know, it's 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 a weird balance between finding new things because it's just it's so you have to binge on things you know like like is is as crappy as it is you know i think part of that process of getting through an addiction is finding other things yeah. to 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 sustain that addiction but i think you know exercise yeah is one of those things that you know still getting addicted to it isn't good um but if i can sh- i'm shift it to that yeah you know, just something to eat some, the time yeah something i did to quit smoking cigarettes and to cut way back on the weed intake as well was i started wearing a big heavy elastic band around my wrist you know the ones that they put on broccoli those great big heavy duty blue ones yeah i used to wear one of those around my wrist and every time i wanted to smoke or a toke i'd snap my wrist oh, huh. and the so that was part one the other thing i would do was every day i didn't spend money on smokes or on weed I would take that little bit of money and I would put it in it was an empty Kleenex box because I was in my first year of college I was broke as shit I didn't have a piggy bank (laughs) Yeah. but I would put it in this empty Kleenex box and then at the end of the week I would go and buy a CD Mm. Uh, which I mean I know it's kind of outdated technology now but I mean (laughs) just whatever it happens to be right you've got all this extra money now go treat yourself for not giving in to the temptation oh yeah that reward system is really really yeah so you kind of get both you get the the negative association of wanting to smoke with this that instant like snapping ah fuck that hurt then that (laughs) that little bit more of long-term gratification of like oh man now I can go buy you know Kenny Burrell's Wavy Gravy yeah it's a great fucking like blues jazz record awesome awesome I'll mm-hmm. go get that mm-hmm. so I do that with video games actually yeah <laughs> there you go sorry for banging the table by the way that was probably really loud in the mic that's um, that's, that's alright but we gotta we gotta wrap it up wrap so it up. one more time real quick Mike where can people find your artwork online um it's uh, Mike G dot art uh, on Instagram uh, I, that's the only platform I use right now um, I will hopefully be getting um, more of a like a dot com or whatever um, some form of social media presence yeah I do yeah. have a Facebook I think it's just um, Michael Goche art um, on Facebook right um, but yeah um, definitely Instagram is my main 
the main place I post. And then if you are in the area, I I do love. Um, I mean, I'm I am going to be in the process of moving, um, but in Victoria, I will be definitely um, showing stuff on walls. That's that's um that's kind of my focus yeah. too is to get is getting shows and venues. Yeah, because uh, seeing stuff up close is um, far more. It's, it's just a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> and then sure, it's, always, then it's a, always better in person. Yeah, it's like seeing a band live. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Mike G, for coming to hang out. My yeah. name is Dawson McManus. You've been listening to Six Four Six. Have a good one. <laughs>